small team of us went to bless a church from Leeds on their church weekend away. Um, we did it last weekend, so Jan McFarlane, who's away on holiday right now, and Jen Winsley, who's sitting right here, and myself. There was three of us to this church weekend. There's maybe 170 people, with the, including their kids. And it, we had a remarkable time. We just wanted to fill you in a little bit on what we exported on your behalf. So, Jen, if you want to just share a couple of testimonies from the weekend, that would be great. Okay. Uh, I was not pre-warned about this one. <laughs> uh, we had an absolutely smashing time. Oh, my goodness. I think, do you know, you go sometimes to somewhere with preconceived ideas, and then God rocks up and just smashes them all to pieces. <laughs> uh, we saw people healed... <clears throat> On the Friday night, uh, we gave words of knowledge that were accurate and just kind of encouraged people that God knows about them, that he loves them, that he treasures them. Uh, Saturday morning, um, a lady in the church came with a word about God wanting to heal backs and things. Uh, Andy did a fantastic job of actually coaching her to declare it as something that is happening now rather than just an information. Um, And then got people to stand up with bad backs uh, and he was busy going, so uh, anybody maybe 10% better? Nothing, nothing. And then you're like, uh-uh. And someone just goes, 100%. <laughs> so somebody in the back corner was 100% healed, just like that. Absolutely Woo! fantastic. Um, I think Jan T shared with you about the lady who went to the toilet and realized that all her pain that she'd had for six years in her neck and her back had all gone. Uh, So she came back into the meeting in floods of tears, totally overcome by God's goodness for her life. Um, Just loved seeing people tapping into who they've been created to be and realizing that actually Daddy God absolutely loves them. Um, People hungry, people saying, I've got a weird feeling in my stomach. Uh, Is that kind of all right? You know, you're like, yes, in an English accent, by the way. Um, and, uh, (laughs) uh, And just explaining to them more and that they can have more and that they have the fullness already in them. Uh, One guy that Jan and I ministered to came up, asked for prayer, and um, we were actually exhausted by then, and we were like, actually, we're about to miss our dinner, so can we get you later? (coughs) So we arranged to meet him later on. He'd struggled with mental health issues, basically spent about, I don't know, a good half hour, actually, by the time God had finished with him, absolutely on fire, walking through the hallway with me and Jan, stoating about, drunk in the Holy Spirit, couldn't understand what was going on in him, so impacted that he wrote me and Jan a wee letter afterwards thanking us for inputting into his lives, just calling out the gold in him and the prophetic word over his life, which totally lined up with who he wanted to be. Um, just oh, absolutely fantastic. Could probably go on and on. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. Woo! It's good to be on team with these guys. They're like, but well, it's good slash scary. So uh, the Friday night, they just wanted us to introduce ourselves to, to the church, and we had like 10 minutes, so there wasn't like a session, and then they, they interviewed me a little bit. So we're driving there trying to figure out what we can do in 10 minutes, and the level of craziness was increasing as we got closer to the venue in terms of suggestions of totally off-the-wall things. <laughs> I think it was like Friday night. You know, it's like on a Friday night, you've been all, all week in work and just, just crazy things. So in the end, I can't remember whose idea it was. I th- 
Was it Kev? So Jen, the husband, texted us and said, why don't you challenge yourselves to introduce yourselves by just giving words of knowledge straight off the bat? So we're like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so the three of us basically, hello, we're, you know, names, they didn't know us, uh, where we're from, and then we're just going to start right where we mean to carry on and we're going to release some words of knowledge, which is slightly scary. Um, and, and Jan and Jen had amazing words to people. And, and I had this thing, because they keep provoking me, like, get more specific, get more... So I had... Somebody lives at house number three. Who, anybody here lives at number three? And, and this guy towards the back puts his hand up and says, I, I live at number three. So I have this, I don't know who he is, I have this prophetic word for him that his door is opening. He's been leaning and, and pushing for breakthrough in a particular area in his life and that door is opening this weekend. What he's been asking for is coming his way. So like stepping out or what? And... About 10 minutes later, he walks up to the front, gets the mic off the the other elder who's leading the meeting, and it turns out that he's one of the three elders in the church, (laughs) which I didn't know, and he says, it's funny that that word should come, because the thing I've been pressing for is for a breakout of God this weekend. (laughs) So, So thanks, Kev. (laughs) <laughs> keep sending the challenging suggestions our way. Um, so that, that kind of set the stall up. And so many of the things that happened, uh, we did pray for people, obviously, it just happened in the atmosphere. So the lady that you heard about who discovered she was healed in the toilet, no one had laid hands on her. It just, this prophetic word had got released, and suddenly she found this six or seven years of problems with hip, back, shoulder, neck, all of which were in discomfort. She couldn't lift her own children. She was in pain with certain movements in her body. It uh, completely disappeared. So <laughs> she then shares this testimony on the Sunday morning, and their place goes nuts. I mean, she's crying because she can hold her children. She can lift them. The rest of the weekend, she was throwing them in the air and, you know, all this kind of thing. And it was just such a meaningful thing. And and, and we're like, hey, yay, Jesus, this is just fantastic. Um, And uh, people kept coming up to us, like generally saying, I just feel different. This guy kept, just you guys here, I feel different in here. I feel freedom. We had people come up to saying, I haven't slept for three months. And last night, just in this atmosphere, I slept all the way through, not done it for a long time. And one after another, like, just feel different. Two people came up to me saying they had tinnitus and the level of tinnitus had dropped. Someone's toothache got healed in the Sunday morning meeting that we, I don't think we prayed for either. Um, and <laughs> this was just going on all weekend. And we really felt like we were exporting the three of us tittled down in a car, arrived actually in Derbyshire, which is where the weekend was, we exported our atmosphere. Three people went into there, and they were hungry, but a lot of this they were not in yet. They wanted it, but they were not in it. And we show up, and God starts to does, do his thing in this, uh, in this wonderful group of people. And uh, it was so exciting to see. And, and honestly, Jen and Jan, just seeing them involved with people and, and I've just seen Jen at a whole other level of 
the word is deliverance, but it doesn't look like classic deliverance. It's just setting people free. It's very, very powerful stuff. So what a privilege to do that. So all that we kind of go through here to get what we have. <laughs> we told down the motorway and like, wow, it's really worth it. Look at that. And we all take that. We all have that into the environments that we go. We, we, we're, as we were singing and crying out for this morning for his presence, we are hosting something powerful. And, and, and so be aware. Look out. Something powerful could happen to you this morning, sitting in your chair, and you don't even know till you go to the loo. <laughs> or, or possibly just stand up and check it or He's good. He's here. He's in us. He's with us. And, and he doesn't stop working. And uh, I used to think, you know, when Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father doing, that it was a really difficult job for Jesus to discern the one thing the Father was doing. Like, there's all these people. Where's the one thing the Father's doing? Then the more you read the Gospels, the more you realize that all the world couldn't fill the would be filled and couldn't contain with all the books that were written by all the things that Jesus did, all the record of everything he did. So I don't think Jesus was going, hmm, where's the Father working? Let me see. He's like, oh, he's there, oh, he's there, oh, he's there. It, 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 like he couldn't keep up. And, and there's so much happened around Jesus and the disciples in that three-year period that the world couldn't contain the books. So don't be surprised if God does something and nobody prayed for you. Don't be surprised that the Holy Spirit just shows up in your life because he's always working. The Father's always working much more than sometimes we imagine that he is. So I just thought it was worth us just hearing the stories and hearing the goodness of God getting released as we kind of went representing us into the glorious England Shire. (laughs) Okay, I'd like to pray, and, and then uh, we're going to get into some, some Bible, Bible verses together. So, Father, thanks so much for what you've put in us and with us and on us as a community. Thank you for what uh, we've thirsted for and what we continue to thirst for. Thank you for favor and grace that rests on us. Thank you that we experience the presence of God every time we gather and we are so grateful for that and invite you to keep coming, invite you to keep working. And this morning, would you just help us to take more steps into, in, in, into being uh, a free people where you are very present and very happy to be present and very well hosted in Jesus' name. Amen. And I, I gather there was a, a brilliant message last week from Mark Spicer who's leading worship today on hosting the presence. So it's really worth getting this stuff. It's, it's, I get them and listen to them on, in the car and stuff like that. And it keeps you, if you weren't here, it keeps you in touch with the, the direction and momentum of what God's doing in us and with us as a, as a community. Okay, I, before Easter, I kind of accidentally almost got into a, a series which started, I need to kind of re-engage with it, so it started with talking about our intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, and is permanently there, and the Holy Spirit is the very heartbeat of God, so it, the emotions, intentions, the thinking, the feelings of 
Heavenly Father is in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can know and understand the things, the, the, the mysterious things given to us by God. Does that make sense? So there's things about God, about salvation, about the gospel, about who we are, that we cannot comprehend by human imagination, human discovery, human effort. But God deposits his spirit, his very heartbeat, inside of us so that we can understand the things freely given to us by God. So the Holy Spirit is God, he's the heartbeat of God, and he's therefore also the interpreter of the activities of Heavenly Father, of the revelation of Heavenly Father, of the purpose of Heavenly Father to us by being in us. There you go, I'd said it in about two paragraphs, which took probably two weeks. And then at the end of that passage, which is 1 Corinthians 2, it says, we have, we have the mind of Christ. You're like, wow. Now, now that doesn't mean that every thought you think, every idea you have automatically comes from Jesus. What it means is, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you have access to the mind of Christ in your life. He is present all the time, and we are learning to access what has already been given. Does that make sense? So we have it. Sometimes we don't even know we have this. Sometimes we know we have this, and we don't know how to access it. Sometimes we access it in a bit of a hit-and-miss way, so we understand what our thoughts sound like. We don't always understand what his thoughts sound like, but we can learn. Because he's never giving up, he's always talking, and he's inside us, and he's wanting to change us and move us forward. But in all his powerfulness, so remember that this isn't like mini-God inside of you. It's not the mini-me version, so none of us could really handle it if God really showed up in your life. So he kind of squeezes himself down into a, trims off all the stuff you can't cope with, squeezes himself down into a much, much smaller, tiny version. So he talks with a little voice and pops this tiny God inside of you that you then have to find because he's so small. (laughs) Now in Colossians it says that the fullness of deity dwelt in Christ in bodily form and that you have received fullness in him in fact, now Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So you don't get the trimmed down version. Inside of you is the full fat version. I'm not calling God fat, sorry, Father. But the, 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 the divine lives inside of you. You are partakers, 1 Peter says, partakers of the divine nature. Isn't that awesome? But that's like, how do you get the creator of the universe in you, you know, or me? Well, that question is still a mystery because how does that happen like in the manger at the birth of Jesus who is 100% man, 100% God, even when he's a baby? How do you get all of that humongousness in a ba- I don't know. Thinking about it a long time, still don't know. If you find out, let me know. But it's true. So all of him, Jesus proved that it's possible to have all of God live inside a human frame and not create, not blow you to pieces in the process. 
Because that's what goes on in my head is like, all this creative power, all this love, all this energy, all this awesomeness, all this supernaturalness, all kind of, if you put that in me, surely it's going to wreak havoc. I'm going to be undone, dismantled, overwhelmed. Well, often we are, aren't we? Because it is overwhelming when, when he gets let out. And then we stumbled on this verse, which actually had been there all the time, but sometimes they come with fresh light, where Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, take my yoke on me, learn from me, and I will give you rest, because I am gentle and humble in heart. Remember? So what does that, what tell, that tells us that he's come, but he's not taken over. He's come, but he's not taken over because it's not in his nature. Although he's supremely powerful, his goal is not to take you over. His goal is to be very present in all his fullness and then for you and I to give him permission to have more of us. Are you with me? So he's, he, could, he, he could create another universe while he's sitting inside of you if you want it. But actually, he's sitting inside of us, wanting us to develop our relationship with him and our ability to lean into him. So he says, take my yoke on you. He doesn't come and give you a yoke. He says, I'm here, but I'm looking for volunteers. I'm looking for people who are going to lean into the reality that I've already established inside of them. So... All the words he uses is take my yoke, learn from me. They're all things that we do, not that he does. But that doesn't mean he hasn't already done everything. That's hard for us to make sense. Well, should I've got to do something? That means he's not done it. No, what he's saying is he's already done everything. It's just our decision to access what he's already done because he won't take you over. And we see that right back in the Garden of Eden. There, there's Adam and Eve in a beautiful garden, every provision possible, but there's still always an option to do what they want to do. There's the tree they're not supposed to eat of. With Father, no matter how incredibly powerful he is, he never overpowers you. And you always have a choice to do something he doesn't want you to do. Without him chopping your hand off, you know, as they reached for the tree, the forbidden fruit, this angel didn't show up with a big shiny sword and slash off an arm like, don't touch that, he told you not to touch that. No, there was no further warnings. No blue flashing lights and heavenly police cars. They just saw the tree at the fruit thought pretty nice fruit so he's in you oh, I hadn't noticed today well maybe you, we and you and I could go no, are you in there Jesus if you ask the question I know what the answer is going to be it's not hiding but he's not taking you over. He wants you to lean in. Is, is this making sense? 
So he has all authority, all power, all dominion. He's the king of kings, the lord of lords, the creator of the universe and heaven and earth. And he's sitting inside you and he's going, I'm not taking you over. You have the mind of Christ, you don't have to use it. And then we're like, wow, that's pretty powerful. You have all that potential and no, apparently no necessity slash no enforcement of that. He could overpower you, he doesn't. He could coerce you, he doesn't. And for some of us, he kind of sits there patiently like for years, I feel in my life, like, hi, I'm here in all my glory, did you notice yet? Hi, I'm here in all my glory. Did you notice yet? Day after day. Hi, I'm here in all your glory, my glory. Like, what's the funny noise going on inside of here? What's... Uh, the, when you read the Apostle Paul, he, he seems to be saying two different things which are not actually different. So he talks about all this that you have fullness, and then you find that in praying that they would receive fullness. And that Christ would be reformed inside them. And that his goal was that, that Christ would be formed inside the, the, the Galatian church, for instance. And you're like, hang on, you just told me in Colossians that they have it all. And now you're praying for them to get it all. I have an answer. You could find one out if you'd like, but, or you could try mine. That... Isn't that amazing that he would seem to have these contradictory views of what's going on? Actually, what he's saying is you have the fullness, but he's praying for that to become your experiential reality so that what's in you shines out of you. And you are transformed. So we've taught this before, but where it says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind in Romans 12 too, Yeah. And when it says that we are transformed from one degree of glory to another uh, in 2 Corinthians 3, 18, yeah? As we behold his glory, we are transformed from one degree of glory to another. The better translation of those two words is transfigured. So it's exactly the same Greek word as is used when Jesus is on the mountain with John and with Peter and he starts to glow. You know the story of the Mount of Transfiguration. Most Bibles headings is it's the Mount of Transfiguration. Transfiguration, and, and he glows and a cloud comes and the Father speaks and, and there's Moses and Elijah there having a little chat and, and it's freaking the disciples out but Jesus is like dazzlingly white. Isn't that amazing? But it says he was transfigured before them and that's the same word as is translated elsewhere that he's transformed, that we are transformed. Now, there's a big difference actually between transfigured and transformation. He was transfigured, the translators are happier that because they believe he's 100% God, 100% man, and here we are on a mountain, what's in him is getting released from him. He's not trying to be more like Jesus, he is. He's not trying to get more of God. He already has God. And suddenly, for a while, he is transfigured before them. 
and more of his true nature that's within him is revealed externally to the observers around him. That's transfigured. Same Greek word translated transformed, we behold him, his glory, we are transformed into one, it's actually, we are transfigured into one degree of glory to another. As we change our minds, we are transfigured into his likeness. What's that saying? If you use transfigured rather than transformed, so transformed is a little bit more like, I need to go to the car wash to have my dirty mini transformed. So I need to get some people outside that car with lots of foam and water to clean off. So I'm gaining something from the outside. But it's also a transfiguring process because the glory of the mini is being revealed. <laughs> This illustration isn't quite going to work, so <laughs> I made it a joke instead. That's what happened right there. <laughs> but what we tend to think of in terms of transform is something we have to do, something we have to add to ourselves, something that happens to us externally to move us forward. What transfigured is something that happens that releases what's already present. meant to go here today but this is where we are so we're going to keep going what's already in you gets more revealed so we behold his glory so we're transfigured from one degree of glory to another what's that saying it's not saying that because somehow you see God's glory in worship you have intimate encounters with him you experience his presence that somehow that just kind of soaks into your being so you look a bit better than you did before the experience that's kind of how I used to think about it, but that isn't what it's saying. So if we spend more time in his glory, you know, our pores are a bit like sponges, and we end up, and then we go, and more glory leaks out, but then we need to go back for a top-up because we leaked. Okay? Is that, is that fair? That's how I used to think about it. But, but it's not saying that. It's actually saying, as you behold his glory, the glory in you transfigures you and is shown outside of, it shows out of you. What you reflect on is what you become and what's inside of you gets more obvious. Because we said it before, you start to see Jesus is a model of you. But because you've never seen what that's like before, beholding what he's really like enables you to become more and more like who you really are. Have you ever experienced that where you just think, I feel like I'm really... For me, I loved healing. I love to see people healed. And what you, for years, for decades, trying to pursue healing. So you go and find people who are doing more than you're doing or seeing more than you're seeing. And then what you do is you think, well, I'm called to be like that, so I'll copy that. Not always the best thing, but it's something that we... I want to be like Jesus because I have Jesus inside of me. Let me try and get this... As I see him in who he is, it releases the him in who he is in me. 
because I can see what it could actually be like. So that's why it's important we read the Gospels and read what he's like. Well, it's important why we encounter him because all the time he's drawing out of us what he's already put in us. Well, God never comes on me. That's not true. He already came. Now, he does come on us, but he's already in us. like bring a plane into land isn't it <laughs> so how, how does that work so he's in you and he's on you all right we're stuck we're stuck here this isn't what i was going to talk about but it is what i'm talking about so often what we sing and what we say and what we pray for is to for god to come looking at me like no I would never I would never do that that was not how I, we do come on out it's like come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit we want more of you God is this true we're talking to the right people you're nervous because you think I'm going to say something that then goes no you shouldn't really do that no it's not what I'm going to say don't worry that is a good thing to do well done keep going When Jesus taught us to pray, he said for us to pray for the kingdom to come, for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven, okay? He said to ask for more of the Holy Spirit and more would be given. He himself said, although he had the fullness of God inside of him, he said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, heal the sick, etc., etc., so even Jesus, had, who had the fullness in him, had Holy Spirit on him. So it's legitimate to want more of that. So I'm just reassuring you, because I could tell some of you were answering me, because you're like, what's he going to say next? It's a great thing to pray, let's keep praying. But he's not called us to only think like we can only do stuff when he shows up. Because when you showed up, he already showed up. Well, it doesn't feel like anything today. Doesn't matter. He showed up because you showed up. I don't feel his presence. He showed up because you showed up. He doesn't feel that close. Well, he can't get any closer than being inside of you. How many of you wear a watch? How many of you just become aware that you're wearing a watch, because I said it? How many of you were not thinking I wear a watch 10 seconds ago? Come on, more honesty, please. When none of us are sitting there going, I wear a watch, I wear a watch, I wear a watch, I wear a watch. Every kind of second, I wear a watch. Suddenly you go, watch. Oh, I have a, yeah, I can feel it on my wrist. Do I have Jesus inside me? Somebody just told me I have Jesus inside of me. Oh, there he is.
I thought he'd gone away. No, he'd never leave you or forsake you. Yeah, but you don't know what kind of a life I lead. No, I don't. I actually don't need to know. But he does. And when he said he would never leave you or forsake you, he already knew what you were going to do. When Jesus saved you, were you a sinner? Were you really bad? I mean, I was bad. Were you guys bad? I mean, how bad could it get if we put all our badness in a big pile in the center of the room? It would be stinking, would it not? Did Jesus, just a question, did Jesus die for the stinky person? Sure about that? Because you're on a slippery slope now. You're already exiting religion at 100 miles an hour. So he died for stinky you and stinky me, yeah? While we were yet sinners, just throw a Bible verse in, Christ died for us. It's getting more dangerous. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So while we were still yucky, horrible, repulsive to him, enmity with God, we were by nature children of wrath, he went, I love you, I'm going to die for you. You stinky person, you. And he cozies up to you. Got my friend on the front row. He cozies up to you like stinky person, holy God. He cozies up to you. Thank you. That's, that's another message I haven't got a title. <laughs> Can I deal with that in a minute? Do that in the after message. <laughs> Not the afterlife, the after message. How can he do that? And if he can do that then, why can't he do it now? feel so far from God and sort of messed up. Yeah, and? He already knew all that and said, I'd never leave you or forsake you. But sin separates, not anymore. (laughs) Sin separates old covenant. I mean, sin in your life, repeated sin in your life, is going to mess up your intimacy with Holy Spirit for sure. Don't misunderstand me. But as he left you, no. It's the gospel. Christ died for sinners. The righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God. That he might bring you to God. That he might bring you to God. Bring you to God. Who's doing the bringing? I just don't feel him anymore. Watch Remember, watch. Mm. 
So, so what am I saying? Um, I'm saying that when we put faith in Jesus and his blood on the cross and his resurrection, something so profound happens that we become like him. He was the first of our kind of people. So he had, he had a 100% body of flesh like all humans do. Actually, a fallen body. Yeah? And he had a 100% presence of the divine inside him. And then you put your faith in his death and his resurrection... And he, in his goodness, grace, and absolute mystery goes, oh, I'm going to pop inside of you and live there forever. And in case you didn't know, all the penalty and power and punishment of the sin that you committed, are committing and will commit, has been completely dealt with, so I can stay close to you even when you're not doing well and you're blowing your life up. Does that mean he approves of you blowing your life up? No. But who do you need in the middle of blowing your life up more than anything to be present is Heavenly Father. How can I find him? He's right there in the middle of that moment. Teresa raises a really good point, but the point is that we were by nature objects of wrath, Ephesians 2, but God, because of the great love with which he loved us, basically the end of the verse is he raised us up to be seated with him in heavenly places. So we go from at enmity to sitting on his lap in heavenly places, all because the love which he has for who he made us to be overwhelmed the wrath that he had in what we became. Should I say that again? The love he had for who he made us to be overwhelmed the wrath he had for who we became in the fall in Adam. But God's love. But God's love. But God's love. So I don't know who you or I woke up thinking we were this morning, but we're amazing. God lives in us. It's God o'clock. That's dangerous talk, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. Could change the world. Jesus did. If he's a model of us, he's the first, first one off the end of the production line a super turbocharged you. And me. So just take, just take a moment and turn your affections to the one who's living inside you. Just turn, think, watch. Think, oh, Holy Spirit's in me. Rather than just that sort of dull, I'm not sure. He, no, he's there. 
tune in, lean in. Strike up an internal conversation. Like, so when we talk about turn your affections, just go, Holy Spirit, I really do like you. I want to I lean into you. I want to let you have more of me this morning. I want to experience your, the reality that you have inside of me. I, I don't know, use your words. He's there. He'll help you. There's no gap, there's no distance, there's no exceptions. <laughs> he doesn't get tired, he's not worn out with you, not fed up of you. None of those emotions apply to him. Just tune that dial a few more notches. It's just, oh, hello, Holy Spirit, you're there. Woo. So please keep praying, come Holy Spirit, because we do want more of him in our atmosphere, resting on us, ministering to us and through us. But it's really important just to say, good morning Holy Spirit, because he's inside you every day. Or good afternoon Holy Spirit, or happy lunchtime Holy Spirit. Are you with me? He's there. He's not left you. So, Father, thank you this morning for what you're doing. Thank you for awakening us to your reality, the incredible nature of what you've already done for us and who you've made us to be and who you are inside of us, what you've done for us. God, we are amazed. It's incredible. We do want more of you. And uh, we give you permission <clears throat> to have more of us. That's quite important. You have to give him permission to have more of you. Not just ask for more of him. <laughs> do, do you see? <laughs> Made sense when I thought about it. We've given him permission to have more of us. Not just asking for more of him. So, Father, whatever you're about this morning, which is a lot, I just want to decree healing, freedom, uh, yeah, just brightness, provision, brightness in people's spirits and minds as a result of just sitting in here today, worshipping you. We're going to go home different, changed, relieved, released, healed, whole because of who's living inside of us and who's been resting on top of us in Jesus' name. Amen.